Welcome back to the Move the Line podcast here at 4 for 4 Football. I am back with my great friend, Connor Allen, and we are going to take a deep dive examining each and every part of the Sweet 16 games. I'm Mike Randall. Please make sure to follow us, folks, on Twitter as well. I'm at Randall Rand. And Connor, of course, you cannot forget Connor Allen on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, how was the weekend? Opening weekend of March Madness, fantastic. How'd you do betting-wise? I mean, yeah, it was a fun weekend, but my bets were not quite as fun. I, uh, you know, after ripping through the regular season, and I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, 80 plus percent of my bets hit. Uh, I regressed to the mean more, more than I would have liked. Uh, you know, it was not a strong weekend, but you know, we're back here. I'm ready to get after it again, ready to make some more winning bets, uh, get back on the right streak. And then we ended actually on a good note, you know, started following Houston a little bit. Uh, we've talked about them a lot last week around the podcast. Uh, and I thought that, you know, they were undervalued based on their metrics and they had a great win against UAB, good win against Illinois, showed their toughness, showed that they kind of overcome some of their early season injuries. So I think that uh, something worth noting going forward as well. 100%. I, the year was great for me as well. And then this week, big roller coaster. Thursday, a little down. Friday was about average. Saturday was brutal. Brutal for me. I just everything I had, the wrong read. I like Baylor, for example, Connor. That was dead in the water two minutes in, but re, uh, certainly bounced back on Sunday. Had a great Sunday as well. So we've gotten that out of our system. We have a better look, and now we're going to move forward as well. Don't forget, folks, just some things here. Make sure you go to FanDuel, bet $5, $5. You get $150 in bonus site credit as long as you use the link 444.com slash FanDuel. Win or lose, you get that. $5 you bet. Win or lose, you get $150 in bonus site credit at FanDuel. Certainly could love the bonus site credit, especially at this time of year. So, Connor, let's just dive in and take a look here. We'll go game by game in chronological order, how they're going to occur. And I think the theme here for me is everyone likes in March Madness the upsets early. But when they get to the Sweet 16, they want the big teams. We have a couple Cinderella's, and that's fine. But we have some major, major fantastic matchups starting off. 7.09, CBS on Thursday. Number one, Gonzaga. Now up to minus nine against number four, Arkansas here. Gonzaga skated by Memphis. Got a big challenge there. Arkansas was up big on New Mexico. New Mexico chipped away. Chris Jans took that, went to Mississippi State. So he used that as a springboard there to get hired as the new coach. But they were able to get past the Aggies. Where do you fall here on Gonzaga with a big number, minus nine against Arkansas? Yeah, this game's tough because the, by the metrics on the paper, Gonzaga is fantastic. Number one adjusted offense, number nine in adjusted defense, number one overall in adjusted efficiency margin. Uh, I mean, that being said, they looked more than mortal against the Memphis team. They've struggled at times against other, you know, uh, ranked opponents outside of the conference so far this season against teams inside the top 30 of Ken Palm's ranking that are not in their conference. They're only four and two. So, you know, against good competition, you know, they've shown some weakness. So I think you're getting 10 points. Uh, I know I don't love Arkansas necessarily, uh, but I would definitely lean here at nine and a half. I think that they are probably the side for me. I just think it's too many points for a team of their caliber. Um, even though Gonzaga is good, don't get me wrong. They're great on paper, but I think you've mentioned it actually plenty. I think that they have more weaknesses than let on just based on what we've seen against good opponents from time to time. Yeah, that loss to St. Mary's at the end of the regular season, look, said a lot about St. Mary's. I had them wrong in the first round, but I doubled down on them against UCLA because I just didn't think we're the same caliber. My concern with Gonzaga is twofold, Connor. Number one, Chet Holmgren, great talent, unique talent. Everybody always says that. 
he did not really look comfortable against some of the bigger athletic players of Memphis, and that's going to be a similar situation here with Arkansas. There's no way I'm taking him number one. People are talking about that. You know, unique talent gets thrown around a lot. Sometimes it means, you know, it's not a great fit moving forward. I think he's going to have a, a solid NBA career. I just don't know if he's going to be dominant. Also, their backcourt last year, Corey Kispert, Joe Iyayi, those were fantastic players. Iyayi was on fire for a lot of the tournament. Kispert could make big shots, and if he didn't, he drew the defense. Their backcourt of Andrew Nemhart, Rasir Bolton, Julian Strother, I'm not buying it. I, I'm not buying it in a big spot. I know Arkansas struggles from three-point range, 30% on the season, but I like what Musselman did with his game plan. I think this team with J.D. Note has a shot maker at the end of games, and if Drew Timmy doesn't go bananas against Memphis, where he was doing the handlebar, the whole thing to start second half, I don't think Gonzaga escapes Memphis. They're 0-2 against the spread this in this tournament. So is Arkansas, but I'm going to lean Razorbacks plus nine. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's. I think that's exactly where I'm at. I, I don't have enough confidence in Arkansas to say that they're live, but it would not surprise me if they are, you know, towards the end of the game, it's, you know, a two or three point game, like with a couple minutes left. And they make a couple of big shots. They wind up upsetting them. They don't. They maybe lose by seven or eight, but I still think the nine and a half is a very comfortable margin. Next up, Villanova two seed hosting number eleven in Michigan, seven twenty nine on TBS. Villanova favored by five. One of the few games I got wrong on Sunday, Connor. I was positive that it was Villanova wins, Ohio State covers, and with three minutes left, I was all set to go. EJ Liddell was making shots; things were really rolling. But the problem with Villanova, they make their free throws, they control tempo. Gillespie is a pain at the end of games. Jermaine Samuels, I had an over on him on his points prop. He's been getting hot. He looks healthy. I can't see Michigan winning this game. It was great against Tennessee. Tremendous effort. And I feel like the light went on at halftime of the Colorado State Kings. They were losing big, and they've dominated. I don't think Hunter Dickinson's banging three threes. I think they're going to struggle. I don't expect Villanova to allow them to shoot from three. They're a great defensive team, holding opponents to like 30% from three-point range. To me, it's Villanova talking off the ledge. No, I, I totally agree here. And if you dig into some of the metrics, I think the biggest advantage here for Villanova. So um, looking at Michigan's defense here, they are just 78th in adjusted defense. But I think that's over adjusting for the Big Ten. We talked about it before. We saw it happen with Iowa. They got upset by you know an inferior team early on in the tournament. Now we're looking at Michigan here, 78th in adjusted defense. They are just 212th in raw defensive efficiency, matching up against a Villanova team that is, you know, ninth or eighth in adjusted offense. So, I mean, like a top 10 offense against a defense that's, you know, outside the top 200 potentially, but, you know, realistically, probably somewhere in the, the mid hundreds in terms of actual efficiency. Uh, I mean, I think that this is a great spot for Villanova's offense to get going. I know that both teams generally play a little bit slower, but I think Villanova over 70 points is interesting. They've cleared that in 25 of 35 games this season. Uh, I also think that, you know, given again, given that matchup, I think that they're going to expose them here. So I lean them at minus five as well. Um, my only concern would be if Michigan's offense can get, get hot here. I mean, they've been playing a lot better as of late, 19th in adjusted offense. Uh, but again, like you said, Villanova's defense, like top 30 in most metrics. So I think that they're still a strong unit as well. So I think my biggest lean here is the Nova over, but also don't mind them on minus five on the spread. I like both. Uh, Michigan's advantage is that they're a seasoned team. They have experience. They went through this last year. They're looking in the mirror, seeing a better version of themselves. This Villanova team, when they've won their two national titles, has done three things. They've made their two-point shots, which they are now. They're playing great on defense, which they are. 
and they have a veteran team. And that's exactly what they have right now. They are not looking, they are not losing to a Michigan team that goes back and forth, lost to Wisconsin, beat Rutgers, lost to Illinois, beat Michigan State, lost to Iowa, beat Ohio State, lost to Indiana. Yes, they've gotten hot for two games. They were outplayed for a half against Colorado State, and they were hitting shot after shot against Tennessee. I think there's some regression, and I'm going with Nova here. Love it. This one was odd, Connor. I, you know the money's going to pour in on Duke. Right now, it's Texas Tech minus one against Duke. Texas Tech favored by one point against the Blue Devils. Now, Texas Tech lost to Gonzaga earlier this year, but they, they did not in that game have their full complement of weapons. Terrence Shannon was not there. So Texas Tech, Duke, really tough one here. Duke has not been playing great defense, but they did show at the end of the Michigan State game they have players who can get shots late in the game, which is why that was an awful no cover by Michigan State. They had that down to one with a minute and a half left. You figure seven and a half is good. Duke, Texas Tech, where are you going? Yeah, I think that the markets are spot on here based on the metrics. Like if we look at, you know, Ken going back to Ken Pobbs adjusted efficiency margin, essentially like how efficient a team is. They actually have Texas Tech sixth, Duke ninth. A lot of that is on the back of Texas Tech's defense, number one in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency margin. Uh, I think that that is uh, a big thing here for this for this team. For me, heading into the tournament too, I was kind of looking for the right time to fade Duke. Uh, I think that they are a little bit susceptible and kind of looking at their schedule. I feel like they really haven't, they, they've been really hit or miss a lot of games. And so now we're looking at a team that has knocked off, you know, um, they, they've knocked off some inferior opponents early on in the tournament, looking at like Cal State, Fullerton, they beat Michigan State team, which, you know, I mean, the, the Michigan State team hung around for a while. I know that some, some people were on the thing was it plus six and a half there and that uh, you know, probably should have hit. I was on the Duke minus six and a half, but again, I think that this is a time here where Texas Tech gives them a lot of issues. Um, and so I think again, though, I think that's probably factored in the market. I lean Texas Tech at minus one, but I think in terms of the the total, you know, the over under for Duke's total points is like sixty eight. I think that's probably still about right, but I would lean under there as well. My concern is it's very hard for me to back Duke. This is a Duke team that gave up se uh, 79 points to Syracuse without Buddy Beheim in the ACC tournament. This is a team that gave up 76 points to Michigan State. I mean, a, a challenged offensive team all year without really an offensive identity. Gabe Brown for three. Tyson Walker got hot. I think Texas Tech finds a way to get this one home. I don't like that Duke is an underdog. I got to do some more work on that later in the week. You know, Duke's numbers as an underdog. Only the second time, Connor, this year there was an underdog. That was eight and a half points to Gonzaga. We saw what happened there uh, when they pulled that one out, 84-81. So leaning Texas Tech, but I like your bets as well. I think I have to do a little more research on it. And last one for Thursday. This is a great one. I think you and I are going to be aligned. Arizona now down to minus one and a half against Houston. Houston with a great win. They were favored initially by four and a half over the higher seeded Illinois team, which freaked me out a little bit because my gut said Illinois. But when I looked at the numbers, which I'll get into a little bit, there was no doubt it was it was Houston. In this situation, Arizona escapes, wipes the brow. Benedict Matherin saves them there. Um, and then the no call at the end of the game against TCU, a little rough there on Miles. But they escape and move on. You have one of the hottest teams, maybe the hot team in the country, going against Houston, which is a tremendously disciplined and, and well-coached team by Kelvin Sampson. Where are you going here with the Cougars and the Wildcats? Oh, man. this I think this game is like pretty much a toss-up. Both these teams are awesome in every metric. metric. They're in second and third overall in adjusted efficiency margin. Uh, looking at their offense and defense here, you're looking at you know 10th for Houston's offense, 10th for their defense, Arizona's defense 18th, Arizona's offense 7th. I mean, they're just so well-rounded in so many different facets. Um, 
I, I really don't know what to do. I, this might be a game where I just kind of sit back and watch and enjoy. I love Houston so far, uh, you know, heading into the tournament, but that's just because they were so much better on paper than basically every other team that they played, including Illinois in a lot of metrics for me here though. I, I it's tough for me to take a side, Mike, do you have a specific side that you love? It's hard for me to get away from Houston. I looked at some numbers going into Illinois and the Illinois game. And I liked, like I said, Connor, the initial reaction was Kofi Coburn with four and a half points. But then I looked at it. Samson versus non-conference teams while at Houston. Straight up versus non-conference, favorite or underdog, 61% per bet labs. Kelvin Sampson versus non-conference team as a favorite. They dominated 60%. As an underdog, eight and four, that's still 66%. He's covered tremendously in his last 11 games, 10 and 11. This is really tough for me. It's only one and a half. It's a little thin. I wish it was like three and a half, but right now I am leaning Houston because I don't think Arizona has faced the defensive rebounding that they're going to see here. They're used to getting rebounds, Arizona, because they're just big. You know, and Coloco's got to box out inside. This is going to be a very tough game. Shed, who is best known, Connor, for picking up the garbage in the Alabama game when Houston lost to Alabama earlier this year in social media, Shed was the guy who came by and put the garbage in the container is now on fire from three. Kyler Edwards is a big time player came from Texas tech. I am actually leaning Houston. I just wish it was a couple more points. Yeah, no, I think that that's probably the way to go here. Cause you're getting the points with Houston. They're ranked better in a lot of the metrics here. So I think that that's probably the lean. Also, as you mentioned, the rebounding your third in offensive rebounding rate, uh, Houston is. So I think that that's, I mean, obviously a massive factor here. If they're able to clean up on the boards offensively and get a lot of second chances. So that is, that is probably my lean as well. Yeah. And one of the few teams this year that ended up beating Arizona, they didn't have a lot of losses, but they did lose away at Tennessee 77, 73. That is a microcosm of Houston, that type of team that's going to lock you down and play defense. Matherman can wreck the game. He can win it for him. But I think they stay out of foul trouble, Houston. I think they have the nod in this one. Moving on to Friday. Listen, St. Peter's, I understand the clock is going to strike 12. We've seen it happen over and over again. But we've also seen, Connor, George Mason, VCU. Some teams don't stop. You know, Syracuse going against Virginia a couple of years ago as a 10 seed. The ghost of, Mal of Malachi Richardson banging threes. 12 and a half is a lot. It's a lot for a Purdue team that entered the tournament not coming 10 consecutive games. And it's a lot for a Purdue team that's still not great on defense. I understand it's St. Peter's. We're going here. Purdue minus 12 and a half against St. Peter's. Yeah, I mean, call me crazy, but I think that there's not only a chance for St. Peter's to cover, but like win outright. Uh, uh, I think that there is looking at this Purdue team. I mean, again, this is a very similar team to Iowa in terms of their profile, statistical profile, second in offense, just 89th in adjusted defense, looking at their raw defensive metrics, 176th in raw defense. Now matching up against St. Peter's team, top 25 in defense and has been playing a lot better offensively making their shots. So now you're looking at a team that if they're making their shots against a, a relatively poor defensive Purdue team and their defense continues to be locked down. I mean, I think this could be another game where it's a lot closer than we think and that uh, St. Peter's is able to potentially pull off an upset here. I know that that is, sounds crazy, but I think that is very, very much in play. No, it does not because teams with the profile of Purdue, and I love Purdue. I had a future on them to win the Big Ten, still frustrated about that. Loved everything about them. The problem is I do not think that Matt Painter has, has sort of figured out whether he wants Zach Eady and Travion Williams together at the end of games or if having two bigs like that is too is too much difficulty to cover on defense. He hasn't figured it out yet. Jaden Ivey bailed him out with threes. He's not fantastic from threes. And Shaheen Holloway at St. Peter's shows up in 2019 in the MAC, 
goes six and 12 in conference, 10, 22 overall, nondescript. Next year, 2020, they were great. 18 and 12, 14 and six, really impressive in the Mac. And people forgot about them because last year during COVID, they had a million stoppages. They really didn't do much. Sort of disappointing, 14, 11, 10, and eight. And this year, 21, 11, 14, and six. The one thing Purdue does not do besides overall defense, they don't force turnovers. So you, it, what you said is correct. They have to make shots. If St. Peter's makes shots, I absolutely like them in this game. They're, I like the under as well. I think they're going to be able to control pace. Casey and Defu inside cannot get in foul trouble on Edie or Williams. And assuming that he does not, I think it's a close game. I don't think it's crazy at all. The, 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 the profile for Purdue is not one that usually wins a national title. Struggling on defense. You need balance. And they don't have it here. They just don't force turnovers. They they bank on the fact that they're big and they can rebound. They shoot well from three as a team, but they can be a little streaky. They also don't make free throws. They struggle as well. So I'm with you. I don't think it's a bad call at all. Yeah, I think actually, so I did some research on it. It's like the lowest ranked defense to win a national title in the last 25 years was like uh, one of the Duke teams and it was 56th. So in adjusted defensive mar efficiency margin pre-tournament, that was pre-tournament metrics. So it's not, like swayed at all by how they played in the, the tournament, which they obviously played really well. So, yeah. So, I mean, this would be a uh, historical outlier for Purdue to win the tournament. Totally agree. But let's not forget, you know, we, we talk about last year, Oral Roberts, right? Oral Roberts came through and we remember what they did. People were remembering that, oh, Oral Roberts, a 15 seed, how'd they do, how'd they end up doing at the end of the tournament? Well, folks, not only did they beat Ohio State in overtime in the first round, they beat Florida by three. And then in the Sweet 16 game against Arkansas, they lost by two. So a lot of times you think these 15 seeds are done, you're done, you're done. You know, not so fast. I think this, I agree with Connor. I think this is a, a close game across the board. Next up, Kansas Providence. Shame on me. I have made a lot of money, Connor, on Providence this year with everyone quoting the luck metric. I just think they're a really good team. You have a point guard now, Durham makes 90% of his free throws. You have a big shot maker in Jared Bynum. You have a defensive specialist in Manaya. Horkler's the glue guy. Nate Watson solid inside. Cooley's doing a great job. Why wouldn't we like this team? Because they just don't stack up correctly. However, they're now going against a Kansas team with Bill Self, who has not been great in these spots. He was supposed to be VCU that year. They lost that one. I saw them ready to go to a Final Four uh, in Kansas City, which I know is not where they play, but still it's close by, against Oregon, who lost Chris Boucher the game before due knee injury. Dane Altman beats him in Kansas City with Frank Mason when Boucher's out. So I think Providence is live here. It's seven and a half. Kansas number one seed, kind of under the radar. Providence a four seed. Ed Cooley Magic, does he keep it going? Yeah, I mean, this game's in Chicago at uh at 7:30 Eastern. You know, I might might end up making it out there uh, to oh, the United Center. Who oh. knows? I mean, might, might make an appearance. So I think this could be a good, great game, as you mentioned. A lot of different factors here. Kansas, obviously a lot better in the metrics, but it seems like Providence just keeps saying, you know, giving a big middle finger to those metrics and being like, you know what, this doesn't matter. We are just a good team. Uh, and so, you know, again, I think that this is one of those games that I'm going to be considering live betting. I'm not laying Kansas minus seven and a half, but I think that there's gonna be enough back and forth early that if you're able to catch something at like three, three and a half, four, maybe uh, I would be interested in Kansas at that point. Uh, so live in game. Uh, otherwise, I'll probably stay away for the most part. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I, I think I think they're going to cover it. I, I do think Kansas is going to win. I do. I don't think Providence is going to win. So it's always tricky to me when I think the team that is the favorite is going to win. Now we're getting down to points. Um, I, I thought St. Peter's was very live against Murray State, and I actually thought they were going to win. Those are the games that I like to look at. I'm getting eight and a half, and I think I have the winner. This one's close. Kansas should win this game, but it would not surprise me. And Providence 
put that bet away against Richmond right away. It was shame on me. Al Durham, two threes. Horkler, two threes. Mania, three. First five minutes, good night. Game is over. Richmond's not coming back from that sort of deficit unless Malachi Smith in Dayton hurts his knee like he did in the A-10 tournament. But overall, I think it's a great game. Man, I hope you get there. That would be fantastic. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, UCLA, North Carolina. Some injury questions here, which, which is really the concern for me. It's now UCLA minus two and a half. It's up from two. Makes me think that Yu Zhang's going to play and that he's fine. North Carolina scalding hot here. Hubert Davis figured it out. A blue blood matchup. Bruins and Tar Heels. Who do you like? Uh, yeah, I think if, as long as Yu Zhang's healthy, I, I like UCLA. Uh, they're balanced uh, 12th and 13th offensive and defensively, while UNC 20th and 42nd. UNC has been super streaky this year. I mean, just like from game to game, they they show up, obviously, as we've seen in big games. And they also have you know, failed to perform periodically throughout the season in big, big ways. Um, but now, you know, against UCLA, very balanced. Uh, I know that they UNC just had a massive win over Baylor, but at the same time, I think this could be a little bit of a comeback spot, uh, you know, come down spot for them. So I like UCLA, but, uh, you know, I can see the appeal of UNC. I do understand it. I just think that at this point, UCLA is the better team. They should probably be favored by three. Uh, if Uzang's healthy, I think that it should be like three and a half, four. Yeah, I got that game wrong right away. What I underestimated is I thought the second half of Baylor would be how the first half of the game would go. North Carolina was self-destructing. R.J. Davis on fire, 5 of 10 from three-point range. I didn't see that coming against Baylor's defense. But no, L.J. Cryer hurt Baylor. Flagler did not look healthy. He had 27 points, but got a lot of them late. And you always know that Jeremy Sokan, he's a little bit of a wild card. Had the, the knocked Manic out of the game with the technical, but they sort of self-destructed. I don't think that UCLA, a veteran team, lets North Carolina get going. I think they make this a half-court game. It's why I like UCLA against St. Mary's. St. Mary's wants you to take mid-range jumpers. That's what UCLA wants to do, and they eventually pulled away. Assuming full health, I'm a slam on a Bruins here. I love the Bruins in this matchup. You mentioned it. North Carolina, I got thrown off their scent. Why? They were 12-6, and 4-3 and three in conference. They're losing back-to-back -back games to Miami and Wake Forest. Fine. After that, they started winning a couple games. They beat Louisville away after Mac was fired. I'm like, in overtime, what does that mean? And then they lose to Duke. And then the one, Wednesday, February 16th, Connor, they lose at home to Pittsburgh. And that was nine points. And that's when I said, forget it with this team. But from that point, they've gotten hot. But like you said, very up and down. Big one over Marquette. Big one over Baylor, but a bad second half. I'm going the other way here. Assuming full health, unless we hear something else, I'm going to lay the points with UCLA. Veteran team, they've been here before. And you're not going to turn them over, not with Tiger Campbell. Yep. No, that's, that's some great points there. I think that that's definitely the move. And I think that that will be uh, one of my official plays for sure. Last one here. Listen, I'm not completely objective, Connor, with this one, because I've loved Miami from the beginning of this tournament. I put it on Twitter, thought they were so underseeded as a 10 seed. Love them to cover against Auburn. The three-headed monster of, of Wong, Cam McGusty in the backcourt, just absolutely dominating hitting shots. Charlie Moore's been with four teams. Tremendous. Jim Laranega on the sideline. They are now favored after beating Auburn by just two and a half against an Iowa State team that went into Milwaukee, into Wisconsin, a completely Badger-favored crowd, got down early, worked their offense, worked their offense, shot by Brockington. Great job by T.J. Alsaberger. Two wins last year for the Cyclones. This year, they're in the Sweet 16, and they were predicted last in the preseason poll in the Big 12. Where are you going here, Miami, Iowa State? Yeah, I know that you're probably on Miami. I kind of like Iowa State here. I mean, they have better overall metric metrics. They're ranked five spots higher in adjusted efficiency margin. Uh, I think that they've, you know, like you said, they've already played in a much tougher environment. They're catching a Miami team that, while good and that while they've been on a heater, I think that they're 
you're not quite as strong as the Wisconsin team they played. And I think, I mean, they played a good LSU team in round one too. It's not like they've been playing a bunch of schleps out there. You know, I think that at this spot, um, getting two and a half points, I think that they're live on the money line as well. I think it's very, very interesting. Um, but again, not too strong of a lean. You know, I don't love Iowa State. Um, so if you love Miami, I think that there's definitely some appeal there too. But at the same time, I personally would probably lean Iowa State. I certainly like, I'm going to lean Miami, but I certainly like the under in this game because Iowa State gets their pace. They always do. Last couple games, 54-49, 59-54. Even when they, lo- they lost at home to, to Oklahoma State on Wednesday, March 2nd, they only scored 36 points, but Oklahoma State only scored 53. So I'm definitely going with the under. I expect it to be a close game. If it's a close game and you believe in that, I don't think Iowa State's running up and down the court. So keeping with the number, I certainly like the under here. I will lean with my Hurricanes because I'm just going to ride them because I've been hot so far and I'm going to keep it going. Well, listen, sir, you are the uh, futures man at this point. You nailed Houston. So are there anything anything you like You know, with the best bet, let's say, from this whole slate of games or maybe a future or something that you're looking at, a team that you think can make it through? Give me a best bet and if you have any futures, anything you like to win the title. Um, so, I mean, for, for today, I, or, you know, I guess for Thursday, I really, really like that Nova over. And I think that them, you know, at, on against the spread is a really good bet there. Uh, in terms of futures, uh, maybe some Houston final four bets are, are interesting. I think that that's very much in play here because again, like you, we, you like them to beat Arizona here, um, kind of looking at the bracket and how that's shook out a little bit. Um, I guess this is kind of another question, you know, back at you is Houston Nova, like, I mean, I think we probably like Houston again there, right? Boy, that would be tough. It, it would be tough because I don't – the difference, Connor, between this Villanova team and those other two championships, the only thing I see is they don't have a lot of pros on this team. You know, Eric Pascal was coming off the bench for Nova, and he's now playing with Golden State. So that's the one thing that concerns me. While I don't think they're quite going to get to the, the final game for that reason, I think they are a tremendous team. But if a team has some solid pros, you know, Texas Tech made that run to the finals. They lost to Virginia. Jared Culver's on that team. He's a pro. So that's the only thing that bothers me. On the Thursday game's best bets for me, I like Villanova. It's down to five. I just think the clock strikes 12 on Michigan. I don't think they all of a sudden find consistency after being inconsistent all year. We saw this run last year. They were even more scalding hot against UCLA. Could not solve it down the end of the game there. I think Villanova executes in, in a better way there. Best bet for Friday. Gosh, there's so many. It, it, UCLA is going to beat North Carolina if 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 uh, Yuzang is healthy. If he's healthy, then they're absolutely going to beat them. And I also really like Providence to keep it close against Kansas. Those are my bets. As far as the future, the only one that I'm on is I did get Arkansas at 60-1 to one to win the title. Ooh. They're down to 50-1. to one. If they beat Gonzaga, that's going to drop like 32.2 feet per second squared. So, I, yes, I am biased. I admit it. I'm totally biased. But – I kind of like Arkansas. They get by Gonzaga. I think they're making the final four. Yeah. There's also a good one here that's interesting over at FanDuel. It's um, team to advance further. There's some like uh, bets on that. So Arizona and UCLA. Um, so Arizona would play against Houston and then would hypothetically play against Nova, whereas UCLA would play against plays against UNC. We think that they're, we're pretty confident they win there. And then also they play against the winner of Purdue or St. Peter's. I like them in, against either of those teams. Uh, so... You know, I think that that's like we like both of those games, whereas I think Arizona is like a toss up at best in both of those games. Uh, so, you know, that's a plus 155, too. It's not even just even money. It's plus 155. So over at FanDuel, I think that's worth a look for sure. 100%. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll say this now. I don't think Villanova is beating Arizona. 
I don't. I think they will have too much trouble inside, and I think Arizona will be able to limit them with their height with Coloco. Hopefully, Crease is healthy by then. He played the other night, but he shouldn't have played. Um, and at Matherin, it's just at a different level. Uh, they said he's Terry said he's the best player in the, in the league in the uh, in college basketball. He may be. Um, yeah. Uh, what about uh okay last one here that I I think is interesting too. Speculating on like just kind of how the bracket shook out. I think there's some interesting points. So Kansas, I mean plus five hundred right now to win the championship. But I mean their path is you know Providence, which I guess you you are on Providence. But then you play either Iowa State or Miami. Um. So then you're talking about playing against the final four, you know, basically like not a cakewalk, obviously, but I think that there's, you know, it's a very easy path considering all things considered um, to the final four. So like basically in a plus 500 there, I think is, you know, very, very interesting. Oh, it's great because I thought Kansas was underrated this entire time. I think the winner of this game does make it through love Iowa state, love Miami. I just don't think they're making it to the final four. So I think the winner of this game does get through. And if it's Kansas, they're going to match up well with Arizona. They're going to match up well with Villanova. They have the experience. It, it would be really perfect that Self, who has had so many rough losses, Bucknell holding up their jersey, um, the loss to VCU, they've had so many tough losses. Even when he beat Memphis, he wiped his brow because he was just relieved more than anything else. It would be ironic that they won a title this year when they're sort of underrated. People weren't really even looking on the third number one seed, but a lot of people like Baylor better because they, they, they won it last year. So I think that's a great bet, absolutely. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us here. Move the line four for four. Connor Allen, Mike Randall, love having you. Make sure to get those bets in. Follow us on Twitter, of course, as well. And all the great stuff we have here at 4-4 Football, getting you ready for March Madness. We are relaxing a little bit, but the batteries are charging. We'll be ready to go. See you on Thursday.